Well, good morning. It is, it is good to be here. What an honor to be a part of, of your Sunday and your community. I come to you from, uh, as Stephen said, sunny Cal, uh, Orange County, California. And uh, as, I, as I packed, I was, I was looking at how to, to come here. I was debating between my casual flip-flops and my formal flip-flops. <laughs> and so um, I feel like I have to kind of confess to you that um, everything that I put in my, in my suitcase, my wife proceeded to then pick up and, and take out. So I am, I am actually uh, dressed by my wife today. So thank you very much. The, the tie's a bit of a stretch, but it, it's, it's wonderful to be here. Uh, it has been a delight for me to be here. Your community of people are fantastic. They have been hospitable. They have been kind and loving and welcoming. And, and, I, and I'm encouraged by seeing uh, a group of men and women who fight for, for purity, who fight for holiness, and then see their responsibility. And this is the affirmation that I gave to the parents yesterday. As we see in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, it's our responsibility to give that which God has given to us and then pass that down to the next generation. And then we can, we can employ professional Christians to work with your students. And that, and that has been um, the, the thing that, that God has allowed me to do. And yet that doesn't that doesn't take away from the responsibility of the families to continue to invest in that ne- next generation. These are fantastic students, and I am, I am proud to know them, and, and I'm honored that I have gotten to play even, even just a little part in, in who they are and in their journey. So, so thank you for welcoming me in uh, from the staff and from this church and this community. It, it's been an honor to be here, so thank you. Um, question for you. Have you ever been in a job where you've had to take inventory of anything? Of, of numbers. It's, it's an awful process, isn't it? It's, it's horrible. I, so when I, right out of high school in Modesto, I was working at the Vintage Fair Mall, and they opened up the Gap. And it was a big deal in Modesto when we opened up the Gap. And so I worked there, and what I came to realize is that when you work at the Gap, all you're doing is folding clothes that somebody else has unfolded and left in a big pile. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that that was just a precursor to parenting. And, but but I was getting paid minimum wage to do it, so it was fine. So about every six months, they would say, we need to do inventory. They would, they would shut down the store. They would uh, give us extra hours to stay overnight. And we would literally, painstakingly, count everything that we had in the store. We would lay it all out, and based on the numbers and what we thought we had versus what was actually there, it would tell us what our shrinkage was, which, which is what people had stolen or we had lost. It would tell us how we had done on our sales. And so we had an, an accurate assessment of, of what we were doing in our store. And as I mentioned, it was, it was awful. I very quickly decided that that uh, profession wasn't for me. I needed to uh, go to the glitz and the glamour of youth ministry. That's what I needed to do. That, that was my future. So, um, but I, I decided that that, that or a, a, as we were doing that, I just looked and I, and I thought it was interesting that as I looked at this weekend, that's exactly what these young men and women have done. They have gone in a very painstaking process and you've laid out your entire life. And you've gone and taken an assessment of who you are. You've invited other people into that, which at different points in times, especially when you're talking about the areas of sexuality, of giving people free reign to begin to look at and, and point and address different issues and areas and blind spots and thing, things that you're missing. And so, it, again, I affirm you for doing that. And then for us as a community to invite them into a place where they can safely begin to assess what it is that God is doing in their lives. 
what it's done and what it's, what it's brought these young men and women to is a place of acknowledging that they, that, that they are, are people who, who have been made by God. They've been created in his image and that they are then a reflection of who God is. So then, though we strive for abstinence, though we strive for purity and that that's the pledge that they step into today, that's not, that's not what they, they work towards. Their goal of what they are aspiring towards is holiness. You see, the byproduct then becomes purity and abstinence. Because really, for any of us, and I think that we've all stepped into this, and even Pastor Tim mentioned this, is that to the best of our abilities, we, we in and of ourselves are, are, are not going to make it. And so it's only in invi- inviting God into this process and giving him the chance to begin to do that inventory and to begin wor- to work in us. And so for these students, they've, they've taken inventory, they strive towards holiness, and, and the byproduct is then them pledging towards a life of purity and abstinence. Recognizing that even in, in the midst of that, what do we do with that God has given us this gift of sex if used in the right context? And so how do we live in this balance of saying that it's this thing that I am and it's who I've been made to be, and yet, as it says in Song of Solomon, do not arouse or awaken love until it pleases. And so how do I live in the balance of, as it was mentioned, a sexually charged world, and yet still strive for purity? And as, as the speakers have said, and as, as the, the topics have been addressed, it, it comes from, at, at first, understanding that God has made us to be people who reflect his character and his nature. Though... Though this Bible is not written to us, it's for us. And so what we get to know is God's character in it. And then we th- then get the chance to be a reflection of that that's very same character. Recognizing that for these, these young men and women is that they, they won't build their name, they won't build their character in a day, but they will build it daily. And so the choices that they make will begin to build up in them then a path towards wisdom, towards holiness, and a desire to live out that which God has called us to do and to be. And so for then these students, these are, these are people, these are young adults who are making full-size commitments. This isn't a junior varsity commitment. This isn't a cute little thing. You are making adult-type decisions, and you are stepping into something that, that some adults in the world aren't even able to handle. And so I affirm you in your decisions. I affirm you in your choices to step in towards purity and declaring that this thing that has been given to them, their sexuality, is a gift from God, and they, they need to begin to handle it and understand it as an adult would. In a few minutes, they're going to be participating in a pledge ceremony where they get a chance to... to proclaim publicly that which they have been doing internally. And I think that this is important for a few reasons, but mainly because of this, is that we as human beings, would you not agree, are forgetful people, right? I am. And maybe you're better than I am, but I am. And this isn't, this isn't a high school and junior high thing that those kids are, are forgetful. We as human beings are forgetful. I set reminders on my phone to set reminders. I re- I write notes on my hand and not for, make sure, don't forget to remember to forget. It's, it's a mess. We look in Scripture and we see all over that God says that, that my people are forgetful people, so we need to do something about that. He goes as far as to even encourage us to make big piles of rocks to remind us of the goodness of Him. So that as, the, as people, as generations pass and people go, what's that over there? And He says, tell the story of my faithfulness because I'm good. And unfortunately, because we as human beings we're going to forget. We'll forget. That's just how it is. And so as they step into this pledge, as they, they participate in a ring ceremony, part of it is to just affirm them in their commitment and to also say, there will, there will be days that won't feel like today. 
it won't always be True Love Waits weekend. It won't always be so close to the time when you've made that commitment. So you need to remember that, that there will be times that you will be farther away from this. So then, so then what, what in the world do we do about that? We remind us that this isn't just a pledge that they are taking, but this is a commitment that we as a community are stepping into with them. And you go, oh, I, I, I just, I came for the coffee and I just wanted to hang out. I didn't know that I was going to be asked to do something today. Well, the fun part is, is I get to tell you your responsibility and then I get to leave. So that's how, that's how it works. But again, I, 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 I say that for, for myself as well. If I agree to come and be a part of this is that even from afar is that I commit to pray for you as young men and women, to pray for your church and recognize the responsibility that you've stepped into. Turn with me in your Bibles to, to Hebrews 10. We're going to look at just a moment. And I love, in fact, Pastor Tim said this. Um, he used this passage yesterday. And so it was just a, a confirmation that this is what needs to be shared this morning to remind us of the responsibility that we have. And so Hebrews 10, we're going to look at 23 through 50. It's also, thank you so much. It's also up on the screen if you don't have it with you says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Oh, and all, and all the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. Earlier in this passage, it, it even it, it mentions the fact that as followers of Christ, we have the privilege of entering into uh, the presence of Jesus because of his blood. So the first part is acknowledging that none of this is even anything that we have earned, and it's not a right that we have, and yet God saw fit to give us access to him through the blood of Christ. So then we must consider how our lives look differently because of what Jesus has done for us. And, and again, not just for them, but for us as a community. And so then I, I just, just three quick thoughts for you before we step into this. And the first one is in verse 23. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. There is, wouldn't, and again, wouldn't you agree, there is so much, as soon as we hit those doors, that will fight to win the affections of these young men and women. We acknowledge that every part of who they live is, is a part of their community, that they have their, their family and their friends and their, their social lives, their social media, their technology. Every part of that is either going to push them towards God or pull them away. And what we understand is that out there, there is a world that is broken and desperately in need of Jesus. And it will, and it will at points in times pull you away from, from this commitment that you've made. And when you begin to swerve, it is our, it's our right our honor and our privilege to help you stay on track. As a parent, and, you, and I haven't had a chance to tell you much about myself, I have three kids that are 12, 11, and 9, and I've had the privilege of, which, with each one of them, helping them to ride their, learn to ride their bikes, um, which is hard for them, harder for me, because to help a kid ride their bike, you have to keep up with the bike at, on your own feet. It's It's tough. And so you actually, I didn't realize this, but you have to be a very good runner to help your child uh, learn to ride their bike. And, and so basically the premise is this. At the point that they have a decent amount of balance, you will set them free and they'll begin to pedal. I don't step in. I, it, it's, it's not helpful for me to hold the bike while they're riding. That doesn't give any indication that they actually know how to ride their bike. When I step in is when they begin to swerve. When they go a little bit left, a little right, they get a little wobble. I put my hand back on the back of the seat and I, and I, and I get them straight again. 
where it's, where it's game over and that I don't, ha- I don't get a chance to fix it anymore is when they have swerved too much. When they kind of get beyond that 45 degree angle and they start heading towards the ground because gravity always wins. That's just how it happens. And so my responsibility as a parent for them is to help them not swerve. So then, your role, my friends, as a community, as people that have stepped in with these young men and women is to say, as I see you swerve, I gently recorrect you and redirect you. Now, not in shame, not in guilt. Nowhere in here do I see God shame people back to, to righteousness, but that we have an opportunity to begin to point them back towards love, truth, never, n- never forsaking either, love and truth, and the grace of who God is. Verse 24, it says that there's also, in, well, in, in 24 it says, and let us consider how, how to do that, how to stop the swerving, how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Well, again, there's a spiritual mandate be, that, that you no, each one of you, if you're an adult, it is, I, I think, I can say that it's, it's scientifically probable that you at one point were a teenager. I, yep, math checks out. I figured it out. So then you know what they're going through. You don't fully understand because they live in a different culture than you and I did when we were in that place, but you recognize what they're going through. So we have a chance to, as they swerve, to spur them on towards love and good deeds. That through our encouragement, through our exhortation, which is in Scripture, that we get a chance to lift them up and to push them forward. And then finally, and this is, I think, the best part, is to say in verse 25, and do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The first thing that happens in Scripture when we say no to God, when Adam and Eve say no to God, is that they run and they hide, which is ultimately a natural byproduct of humanity and our brokenness is that we run in guilt and shame. And so as we spur them on towards love and good deeds, as we help them to not swerve, we recognize that their tendency, our tendency, human, human nature's tendency is going to be to run and hide. And yet what do we see? God's first example of grace is that he says, though he knows, where are you? And so we have a chance to reflect that same thing. As image bearers of God, that we can, for these young men and women, come around them as a community and to gently, lovingly, pursuing them and then welcoming them back into the community. Because we know that God has given us a promise that he will be faithful to fulfill. And so sometimes we forget, right? Remember I told you that. We forget. And so do they. And so today, as we get a chance to step into and watch this this adult-type decision that they're making, pray for them. Recognize the commitment that you've made in this and saying, I commit to, to, to loving you and reflecting God's image, to be an image bearer of God to them as they continue to navigate through. Some of these people, I think, I think we have 11 and 12-year-olds here. They've got a lot of life left. And so could we be a community that comes and loves them, recognizing that every day is not going to be perfect, but understanding that they have stepped into a pledge and a commitment that they desire to seek holiness because that's what we've been called to do. My friends, we're forgetful people. And that day of the Lord, though we don't know when it's coming, it's sooner today than it was yesterday. And so may we be people who encourage and exhort a community to strive towards holiness to honor God. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll continue on in our ceremony. And so, Father, we come to you humbly, recognizing that we have no right, and yet you see fit to allow us into the presence of you. 
God, that your holiness is overwhelming and it's what we strive for as followers of Christ. And so God, today, would we pray for these young men and women? Would we stand in, in agreement in what they are, are, are pledging to and committing to? And God, would we recognize that we as a community are called to, to strive towards you all the more as the day of the Lord approaches? And that God, that we play a, a fantastic and beautiful role in these young men and women's holiness and their purity and their life in Christ. God, we love you so much. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.